Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Okay, government at work, Jeremiah. They're doing stuff. Oh my goodness. They're doing stuff. They just they just passed, they passed what, three years ago, the SECURE Act. Yeah. And it changed dramatically. I mean, one of the most significant things they did was the uh, the distribution to non-spouse beneficiaries. Yeah. But in Secure Act 2.0, 2.0, that's where we're at. 2.0. Four thousand pages. All right. I yeah. mean, this is crazy. And uh, we're just looking through the executive summary yeah. and trying to provide to our listening audience some of the What's issues changed? that are coming about. So, I mean, I, get, I think we have to top it off with there's a change in the required minimum distribution. Yeah, there's right? changing a lot. I mean, we're just going to talk about today some yeah. of the key changes. We're going to be, we're not going to talk about everything, but some of the key changes that the Secure Two Point Act that just came out recently this last year that that changes for folks. And a big one is the, the RMDs. So required minimum distributions, if anyone's over a certain age, you have to start taking money out of your retirement accounts. That's kind of the way the law is written. Now, it went from 70 and a half to 72 and it's going to first 73 and then 70. 75. Okay. So, so wait a minute. So I can wait until I'm 75 now? Some people, I can. I, I can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I can. So I think it's 1960. Anyone born after 1960, their RMD age is now 75. So meaning for someone like me, I was born after 1960. I wasn't, by the way, for <laughs> listening audience. I was born before 1960. Yeah. So, so for me, when I, as I'm getting older, if I retire, I don't have to start taking money out of my retirement until 75. Now, for some people, you have to take it much earlier than that because you need it to, to retire and to live off of. For others, if they don't need the income, they like to keep it in that tax-deferred environment kind of as long as possible. Right. And so now you can go longer. Um, another idea on the RMDs, we're going to talk a little bit about these because there's a few changes. One that, that people always struggle with is that the IRS doesn't actively track these on a regular basis. However, there's a 50% penalty if you fail to take it. Right. So if you were to get audited and you were you know, past the RMD age and you'd failed to take your RMDs- It's a pretty heavy penalty. Heavy penalty. So say you're supposed to take out $20,000, the penalty itself is $10,000. And that's, that's a huge, huge penalty. So they, they've changed this a bit. And we were just talking previously, maybe it means they're going to enforce this more because I don't, I don't know anyone. I'm sure there's people who've been enforced. Hey, I, we've, we've ran across clients who just- you know, out of ignorance, have not taken the RMDs, like from a deceased spouse, for yeah. example. And so we went and I said, we need to start. And we caught up. We started. Yeah, we're with the tax professional. But there was, no, there was no reaction from the IRS. Not to say that they wouldn't or couldn't, but uh, the ones that we've seen that we've run across in our practice, there's been virtually no response yeah. from the IRS. And so what they're changing, rather than just having a hard 50% penalty, it, it reduces it to a 25% penalty. And if you basically notify them, right? You assert, Hey, I, I failed to take these. I'm taking them now. It's only a 10% penalty. So it takes this big looming thing. If you missed it and it kind of brings it into my mind, a more manageable way to be able to do it correctly. And the right. third, I, I, I forgot to take it. I'm now taking it, but it also changed the statute of limitations on that was a little confusing. So they've, they've clarified it, that it's three years after you file your tax return for the year in which you were supposed to have taken it. And so it, it rather than having to look back into right. years and years and years, it's okay. The last three years, 
what was I supposed to take? Let's file the appropriate paperwork. And it's, it's a 10% penalty, which is right. much more reasonable than a 50% penalty. The other one is the QCDs. Now, the QCDs are the qualified charitable contributions. We call it deductions, but it's you can use your IRA. You can use your required minimum distributions to pay for charitable giving. It helps reduce your taxable income, your adjusted gross income on your front page. You would have thought they would have changed that, but they didn't. So it still left that at 70 and a half. Yeah. So, but you're not taking an RMD until 73 potentially even later. Mm-hmm. So it, they're not coordinated. So yeah. you, can, you can still use it, but it's not an RMD per se. It's just a distribution at 70 and a half yep. that you could use for charitable giving. Yep. And this would be for someone who maybe sees that they want to do charitable giving and right. they have plenty of funds. They have right. enough funds in their retirement accounts that they're not concerned about running out. And they, they want to basically reduce those funds a little bit and give giving out of out of those funds rather than their other savings or pensions. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting that the coordination, I'll just make a comment on that. As we go through the Secure 2.0 Act, it is not that everything takes a oh, yeah. certain date. They're all over the place. You know, There's some, so many different ages and years and yeah. timelines. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we were just recently talking with some people who run some retirement plans we work with and they are having a difficult time of kind of sorting through when all these things take effect. So when someone shows up and says, I'm 63 years old, I'd like to do this. You know, they used to have an answer for them. And now it's like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> let me let me check and see if we can or if we can't or if right. we have to. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of consternation to make sure that you're doing right for the participants, you know. Yeah. And I think more importantly, as we read through the summary, this is what I refer to as Rothification, because throughout the Secure Act, it is Roth this, Roth that, Roth. Yeah. I mean, it's just Roth, Roth, Roth. So What's the advantage of that, and who's going to keep track of all this? It's going to be it's going to be a real amazing. It's going to be in a mess. Basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it'll be an interesting transition. So, for as people generally know, a, a Roth IRA is different than a kind of traditional IRA right. or 401k in that you pay the taxes now. Uh, you pay your taxes, you put the money in, but then it grows. All the interest, all the growth is tax free. And when the money comes out in your retirement, it's all tax free. And so, and so, part of the the Secure 2.0 Act, there's a lot in here that makes a Roth more friendly, I guess I'd say, or easier for people Correct. to get money into a Roth. With well, the, fir- the first thing is that you don't have to take required minimum distributions from a Roth inside of a retirement account now. In the past, if you had it inside a retirement account, you had to take money out. Yeah, like you had a Roth 401k that you right. never rolled over. You just left it as a Roth 401k. It used to be you had to take these RMDs. Right. And now they, they've clarified, which I think is appropriate. It lines it up with a Roth IRA. Right. It kind of lines those up so they're both the same. But it's interesting, someone my age, generally, you know, someone in their 30s and 40s, is should be thinking about a Roth. Does this right. make sense for me? Right, for sure. Well, what they've changed is kind of almost encourage it a bit more to say there's a lot of opportunities to put money into these Roth accounts, which we ask the question, why? Why Why would they be doing this? Why? And one could be taxes to say, we want people in their 30s and 40s not to put money away and delay taxes until they're 70. We want those same people to pay their taxes now and then we're okay to, to to not worry about it when they're older. And whether that's a good idea or not, I'm I'm not sure. I think there's some good planning for people in their 30s and 40s of using Roths. That, right. you know, whether or not it's for everybody, but you should consider it at least. But, but, they're, but, they're, but they're making it they're making it required now. I mean, as far as the plans, the plans have to be able to provide this to their participants. Yeah. Whereas in the past it didn't. 
And so we've had conversation with our plan administrator and they're going to have to amend the plan. Mm -hmm. the, the plans are going to be amended, but even simple accounts, simple IRS, a solo 401ks, they have to have this Roth provision yep. built into it for people that want to make that kind of yeah, uh, contribution. And, and so there's probably, this is a good comment. There's probably a lot of folks who are employees who just didn't have a good option. Right. I would like to do a Roth. I don't have a good option. With the Secure 2.0 Act, they're, they're changing the rules that they're probably going to have an option. And even one of the options is an employer match. You know, a lot of employers, they'll say, I will match 3% or 4% of whatever you put in retirement. Well, now those, those matches can go into a Roth account. The negative to the employee is you still get taxed on it. Right. You don't see the money. However, the benefit is that you could get what your contribution is into a Roth plus the employee match that you received the employer match could go into that same Roth. Yeah, and I mean, our attitude is you use tax advantage when when your income tax is higher and you want to build additional capital for retirement monies, particularly for people that don't have a public pension and that, that's going to be coming out to them. Um, but you still want to take advantage of Roth. But to have it exclusive, I, I think there is, they're leaning towards, again, I call it Rothification. I mm -hmm. think they are really pushing for Roth. And it makes me suspicious yeah. that they're just trying to create more revenue too for themselves, for the government, because you're going to pay more taxes. Because remember, everything you put into a Roth is after taxes have been paid on it. So it, it's kind of a sleight of hand to some degree. Yeah. And the benefit though, is when you do, do reach retirement, all that growth over the years that you've had, all that money comes out tax-free. It's great when we have clients that have a mix of both. You know, right. They have some traditional exactly. retirement funds, they have some Roth funds, so you can be strategic. So kind of the next one on the Roth idea is the 529 to Roth. We've been talking about this a fair amount. It's an interesting dynamic. It really is. So a lot of people probably know you get a 529 college savings account and you put money in that for a, a child or a grandkid. And there's always this little bit in the back of everyone's head says, well, what if they don't go to college or what if they don't use all the money? And the answer to that in years past has been, well, uh, you can reassign it to a different grandkid or a different child. Another beneficiary. Yeah. You could use it yourself. You could reassign it to yourself, or you just have to break out of the 529 and pay some penalties. And that's not a great answer. But what they've done now with this, this rule is that you can take, and there's all sorts of limitations on here, but a portion of the money that's in a 529, if it's been there for like 15 years, if it's been there for yeah, a there's long a time, minimum time, you have to have it in the plan for at least 15 years. Yeah then you would be able to take it. And if it's not used, roll it into a Roth IRA for that, for that beneficiary. For that beneficiary. So think of a grandkid, you set up a Roth or you set up a 529 for a grandkid. They're going, they go to college, they use some of it, but they've got say $20,000 left over. If, if that 529 existed for 15 years, um, you're then able to start rolling some of that money out into a Roth IRA for that grandkid, right. which a, a grandchild, and the limit there of course is 35,000 total. And even in that, it's chopped up each year. You can right. only do the limit each year. Um, so maybe it takes you five years to get all the money over. But to have a grandchild who's you know 25 to 28, but now has $35,000 in a Roth IRA, that's a good benefit for their retirement. Correct. And again, I think most most contributors, most grandparents, parents that are putting money in, into 529s, they're probably not thinking there's going to be anything left over. But we've cautioned, we've cautioned clients yeah. not to over-contribute to 529s because of the very reason, like what do you do with excess balances? Or if the child gets goes to the military or gets a scholarship or something's different, they're not using that money, what do you do with that? So yeah. you want to be really careful. This gives you a good option on what to do with those excess funds, if there should be any excess yeah. funds, right? And $35,000, I'm, I'm not sure if I like it or not, but you know that yeah. being the limit, 
it's not, I don't see this turning into an abused plan to say someone's going to, no. you know, pack money into a 529 and then secretly get it to their kid, you know, some kind of wealth transfer scheme. I think the timeline, the timeframes on it are going to prevent a lot of that. I yep. mean, you have 15 years, you have to have it in plan. So most people don't plan 15 years in advance to pack a, to pack a Roth for their child. Yeah. But know, if they were to have an extra 529, I could see people making good use of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good one. So we're going to, we're going to come back and talk some more about, um, the Secure 2.0 access. Stay tuned. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Okay, so we need to kind of slow this down because there is so many things that we could be talking about and we're trying to get through all of it. So let's just talk about the catch-ups right now. Let's talk about the participants that are behind in their contributions. So there's the SECURE Act is providing them some additional benefits, right? Yeah. And this is a very thin slice. Like this is right. not going to apply to a lot of people, but there will be some people that will be very benefited from this. So people who are, it's very, even to say 61, 62, 63 years old. And it can't be done. It has to be effective in 2025. It's not in, in future years. So not now so or even pro- next year, right? So probably who people who are, let's say 58 or so this year, right? You know, they're coming up in these, these specific ages. And they realize that they're making good income now. They have available income, but they just have not put enough away for retirement that they want to. And so when they get to this, you know, when, they, when this becomes effective and when they're within this, this narrow age band, they're able to put, it's, it's a lesser of formula, but basically 150% of what they would have been able to contribute otherwise into these plans. So let's try and talk about that. So if somebody has a mortgage and they go into age 60 and all of a sudden their mortgage is paid off and they don't have that $1,000, $1,200, $1,500 a month payment anymore, you know, we've encouraged people to increase their contributions to their 403B or 401K. This, if you fell into this specific, mm-hmm. this would be a phenomenal opportunity for people to put in a large amount of money. Yeah. And this is saying that you can put in your regular contribution plus, I mean, some of the numbers here are $10,000 in addition to that that right. goes in. So one, it, it reduces your income, which you're probably right. in a high income moment. Uh, but then also it, it it really helps you catch up. And you can do that for, you know, depending on ages and again, this narrow slice. A couple of years to but, really but get it, you on track. It has to be planned because it's only effective after 2025, and you have to be in these ages. It's it's a very specific uh, thing. Catch up. Yeah. Another one that's a specific one that won't affect everybody is um, household employees. So folks who hire or employ a nanny or mm-hmm. um, some sort of house cleaner or things like that, someone who works in their home and that they pay them. You know, in, in in years past, if you had a retirement plan, it kind of had to be related to right. your actual job. Well, now you can set up a, a it's called a SEP IRA, and that you can have your employee, your employee, household employee, being a part of that. So you can not only pay them their wage, you can also contribute on their behalf into as an employer 
contribute into a retirement plan for them. Right. So this wouldn't be someone who you know just comes and does something minor at your at your house, but someone who's a long term nanny, a long term housekeeper, things like that. Right. Um, you can really set them up for success, and and it's partly too of realizing you know what, what's a competitive to you know pay the, someone who's working in your home. How do you pay them well? How do you take right. care of their future? This is a great option that didn't exist before. And again, applies to a, a narrow uh, line of people, but there are some that, that I can It'll see setting into. up this plan. The other thing that the SECURE Act did is talked about all these ex- exemptions. And mm-hmm. these exceptions are very specific to a lot, you know, like firefighters, correction officers, and it has to be 50 years and older for most of them. Yeah, and the exceptions and- is to say it's when you have money in an account, in a retirement account, and you need it before you reach your retirement ages. Or before 59 and a half. There's before- no penalties on the money yeah. coming out. So say you're 40 and something, uh, or 52, let's just say you're 52, something has come up and you need to get this money out of the accounts. Usually there's a 10% penalty. However, there's a number of already existing reasons why you can avoid the penalties. Right. However, there's now even more of them. So we, we can go through a few of these that, that just jump out of, of situations in which you'd be able to get money out of your retirement account without paying the 10% penalty. Right. You still have to pay income tax. So yeah. anything comes out. Now, again, like one, for example, individuals with terminal illness. If you're below the age 59 and a half and your spouse, let's say, for example, has a terminal illness and you need money and you're looking at the retirement account and you'd have to pay penalties on any kind of premature distribution before age 59 and a half, this, this has the ability to wipe that away yeah. and you're able to get the income out of there and use it for that particular person. Yeah. Before this, you were in a hard spot. You had to break right. in, get the funds out and pay penalties. So there, there, there's things for terminal illnesses. Um, there's some for domestic abuse, some for long-term care, um, disaster. Yeah, long-term care, I, I looked at it and as I read through it, I, I, I kind of like, with a jaundice eye looked at it, you have to prove to the IRS that you have this policy and it has to meet certain qualifications. And the amount that they give you is only $2,500 a year. Current policies right now for somebody who's like in their 40s or 50s mm-hmm. or older, it's going to far exceed $2,500 yeah. a year. So, so that's an interesting comment, one that they've put in here, but maybe it's not as useful as it could right. be. But I think I think one of the things that you and I talked about is an emergency savings account. I, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. But again, I don't think they went far enough. Um, so it's allowing people to set up money prior to age 59 and a half to set aside money for emergency savings account. Yeah. We have a lot of folks who are in the building phase that say, hey, I'm torn between creating an emergency account and saving for retirement. Right. And this kind of helps fill that void that they're able to, through their employer, through the plan, set up an emergency savings account. Um, and put money into it. However, the, the limits on there, uh, I think it was also $2,500. $2,500. Which is better than nothing you know, for, for a, an emergency savings. But it's it's not something that I imagine is going to be um, hugely beneficial by a lot of folks that will take advantage of this. Yeah, and again, the requirements on this is you can't be a highly compensated employee, that you can't own 5% more in the business. And they got all these different requirements that you have to kind of go through the gates. Okay, I, I meet that, I meet that, I meet that. I mean, okay, now I can get... $2,500 in emergency savings account, and you're going to, have to pay income tax on the distribution. Yeah. So I guess my question is, is how does that differ than if you could take out a $2,500 in the event of an emergency and you need that money mm-hmm. now instead of putting it in an account that's kind of sitting there and you have paid taxes, you don't know whether you're going to use it or not. Yeah. It just, yeah, there's a lot of um, questions. It's an odd one, yeah. How would you do with that, right? So any of these things about using retirement funds, uh, like I said, there's, there was already an existing list. Now we got a longer list. And, <laughs> and yeah, and, and for anyone's situation, it's good to check these. One thing I want to bring up a little bit is what was not in the Secure 2.0 Act. Oh there, goodness, there's so yeah. much in here that that's meaningful and can be meaningful in very specific situations. 
but there's a lot of chatter before this was passed of what what this was going to do. And one of the, the big pieces was there was concern that the government was going to kind of um, disincentivize Roth accounts right. to either say, you know, these Roth savings, these Roth IRA or Roth um, retirement accounts, that, that there's some of the benefits they're going to take them away, strip them out, make it so you can't do what's called a, a backdoor Roth, make it so that you couldn't do a conversion the same way. And, and they really didn't do that. And they I, didn't touch it. Yeah. And in right. fact, I would say they went, like you said, the Rothification, they kind of went the other way. Right. To, they didn't, you know, pull away incentives. In fact, they probably added a few more, uh, which, which is just interesting. It was unexpected by a number of folks. Yeah, they want, they want, I mean, if you read through this act, and again, I don't, I don't ask anybody to read this 4,000 pages, and we're reading through the summary, but it is the, the, primary theme across this is Rothification. I mean, we stated this earlier in the program, but is they want you to pull money out early out of retirement plans and then you get, or you contribute to Roth, but these are all after-tax contributions, yeah. right? And distributions, right? Yeah. You had mentioned earlier, it'd be interesting to get the, the BDO, the, the kind of the government uh, analysis of how much revenue this type of thing would right. create or not create for the federal government. Because um, it, it could be front-loading the taxes, front-loading right. Um, the government's revenue from this. Because they're looking at this over a 30-year period. I mean, if people are are more inclined to do a Roth and they put money in, well, the government makes more money on that. Now, they don't make money at the other end because yeah. according to the Roth guidelines right now is that any money that you get out is not going to be subject to income tax. It's all tax-free. I, I, I don't want to make any confirmations at this stage, but I'm always suspicious yeah. of what government will do. Like Social Security is supposed to be tax-free. Well, it was tax-free, and then they made a change. Well, anything above, and then it's, mm. it's age-weighted. I, I my, my gut tells me, be careful. Yep. Don't, don't believe everything you Yeah, know. there's some concern and distrust. The other thing that's not in here is the, the, the 10-year rule, which the SECURE Act kind of set up. There's a number of folks who are expecting, I think, some clarifications right. or amendments to that. So uh, under prior law, if someone passed away and you inherited an IRA from them, they didn't use all their retirement funds, you inherited it, you could stretch it over your lifetime. Well, that went away with the SECURE Act. That was three years ago. Yeah. Generally, you had about 10 years to take out the money. And this is for non-spouse beneficiaries or other qualified eligible participants. Again, there's always these rules. Yes. That you yeah. Call, all sorts right? of details. And and so it, generally for someone who's not a spouse, if you're inheriting this, say a child inheriting from your parents, you probably have about 10 years to get the money out. There's questions. Do you have to take RMDs during that time? That's kind of been addressed. Well, there's a number of folks who were expecting the Security 2.0 to have some amendments to that structure. And there really wasn't. Uh, they kind of left that structure in place. So a lot of folks who are inheriting or who are, who are inheriting an IRA from a non-spouse, right. um, generally they have 10 years to take it out. And generally they have to take RMDs if the it, deceased uh, spouse would have needed that. But that's that's general, right? There's yeah. very specific. So what yeah, we can't emphasize get. enough at how important it is to have your beneficiaries structured appropriately within your retirement plans, because it can really backfire on you if you don't yeah. have it done properly. Yeah, just make a mess. That's something to always review. You know, I always tell people from the estate planning side that you, know, you need to look at your beneficiaries, um, you know, every three to five years, right. you know, check your estate planning documents and make sure they still make sense. Same applies for your benefit to your designated beneficiaries on your various accounts. If it still makes sense, easy enough. If, if it's changed, it's time to, to make an update. We didn't touch on so much. The breadth of this act is so broad and it affects so many things. And again, I, I we could send it out to you if you would ever, you know, if you'd ever want to read this. Right now, our summary is about 16 pages mm -hmm. that we're going through and it's very detailed. But more importantly, you just have to have a, uh, an advisor that's very aware of this, who has access to advice and advisory services that help you make good choices 
uh, about your retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Um, the government's changing and they're changing the way in which distributions and contributions are made. So you just have to be aware of those changes. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.